the party, having made their way to the Kraley Isles, have accepted this path of change, of death, that was proffered unto them. After a short morning lecture with one of these Kraley teachers, within which the nature of the gods was revealed, they all made their way back to this guest house where they were staying. In the living and sitting space of such house, when you all walk in, this last door that had been locked the night before is ajar, and sitting, just enjoying a light brunch, is Dominic. Dominic, he, he looks befuddled at the group, almost as if he's like kind of confused, like mentally, mentally exhausted. It is good to see you all. Rolandir, not all too surprised to see Dominic, just walks up to him, kind of gives him a quick pat on the shoulder and just says, Kalea's found you faster than I thought she would. Good. Where is she? I, I don't know. I, I never saw her. She was never with me. I was merely walking and I, I found these people. Um, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time thinking, you know, I, I think it's, I think I haven't been eating enough. I really should. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of chowing down. He's, he, he looks befuddled. Luna steps forward kind of up beside Rolandir. When you came back to this world, we were all returned to, well, where we were when we left. Are you saying what then? You showed up here? Yes, I I never saw the academy again. I never saw those caves. I I woke up and I was here. I was near the coast, and then people found me, and uh, here I am. They said that I needed to accept some sort of death. I'm not super fond of the idea, but I saw these, and uh, they have a way of convincing you to go along. Where were you all? How did you get here? I thought that after uh, I was the only one here. Honestly, I, I never thought I would see you all again. We transported ourselves here after we had ended up back in the basement of the college or the caverns, wherever we were. We had essentially one opportunity to get out of there, and Katagas suggested this place. He and both Kaneas actually had some inkling of an idea that this place existed, that it would be safe for us out of the gaze of the gods. And decided to come here. I, we sent Kelneas actually to go off and find you, but I guess if you just came here, then, well, one last thing that she has to do. Did you say, Dominic, that you never saw the college? Were you also at the university in Mainstay, then, before coming here? Uh, before coming here, I was uh, with you all, but uh, before that I was. I was, in the, I was in the catacombs beneath the university. I was hiding. I am not a great friend of the, the Magisters, I was trying to find my way out of that maze in a way that would not take me back to their power. Perhaps with how everything went at the teleportation and whatnot, we just plucked him along by accident. Things that make sense. Dominique, then, with his light breakfast, he walks over to Mick and he just kind of says, I know you came here because you are trying to hide from the gods, and I, I understood what Relander said, but I do not understand why you are trying to hide. I do not like that these people are saying. I do not like how I feel here. It seems strange that just everything, really. Why did you all come here? Why do the gods go after you? You all never told him. I thought it was pretty obvious from how we went about handling the beings that, well, us in that other world. But now that I think about it, no, we, we never really did fully explain it. I guess, in short... 
we have had numerous dealings with realities, ethereals, valors, the whole gambit, honestly. And, well, we're just not on the best of terms with them. There's a plot, essentially, to destroy all of this. Us. Egadon as it is. And initially, we were tasked with stopping this plot. We've had our turns and our course corrected several times, but ultimately our destinies lie on the path facing these gods head on. As you can imagine, they're not too keen on that. So Dominique has a look on his face that says, Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh very specific. And he <laughs> turns and he, and he turns really to Mick, to Val. He thinks Val is pretty reasonable. Uh, Brunier, who also thinks it's pretty reasonable, is kind of you know looking from one to the other. He says, is this true? Yes, it is. Uh, I guess more or less. I, and to answer your question, I don't think we're necessarily hiding here. I would more have called it seeking greater knowledge so that we might be able to face these foes aforementioned. I think perhaps you should come with us to this next, I don't want to call it a lecture, but discussion perhaps with Sakrali. So he's just, you know, he's looking at you and he says, so I understand you all were part of a group that decided to fight certain greater powers to stop a threat to Egadon entirely, correct? Yes. And then you decided that the best way to do this was to kill the gods that have been preserving Agadon until now. Correct? More or less. I think your view of the gods is very different from ours. I think so. Dominique, I want you to know that you do not have to come with us. You can go back, live your life as it was. Can he? Yes, but he has to choose to ignore the things he has seen. I have seen how you have reacted. I do not know if this path is for you. I would gladly accept you, but I don't know if you would want this burden. Dominique looks at Brynir, and with a seriousness in his eyes, he kind of says, I cannot believe that those who have done so much can truly be islands. That is not something that I understand. Frankly, it seems ridiculous to believe that that is true. However, the things that I have seen you all do, I think you could honestly be a threat to them. And I do not know if I could just go away and allow you to hunt down all those who are protecting, blessing, guiding this world. And that's the thing, though. There are many out there that aren't a part of this plot that could be considered good, that have indifference to us. There are certain individuals, certain gods, that are the problem. Piping up, Vamak kind of shuffles forward from the back of the group. He appears to be like a normal maskin, but he does say, You should join us for one of these lectures with the Kraeli. Perhaps it will help Expand your horizons. I have heard some of what they have to say. It has been the raving of mad people. I will accompany you all, in fact. If only to know how someone could be so wrong. And Dom? 
Mick is going to place his hand on Dom's hand and is going to gently say, It's all right, Dom, if all that you have known is wrong, too. That is why we are here, to gain further knowledge. And on top of that, who knows, maybe we're wrong about the gods. But I think that this is an opportunity to open our minds to other possibilities. Will you at least accept that? If there was an evidence that the gods as they are now are somehow attempting to destroy, attempting to interrupt the natural order, destroy what everything that we have had, then I could almost believe that some strong action could be necessary. But I find it hard to believe that you all would think yourselves so superior, that they would think themselves so superior, that they could judge the actions of deity. Are you happy with the natural order, Dominique? No. I am not happy that Magisters run the world. I'm not happy that kin and human have fought wars without end. But nor do I believe that it is the gods that have brought that upon us. I am happy with my family. I am happy with what the Ten Truths has taught me and changed me and brought me to be. I am young yet, but there is so much that I have learned, so much that I could become if I take the time, if I take the effort to change myself. And to think that I, Dominique, am so wise and intelligent and experienced that I have more than beings who have seen eons die seems to me like an exercise, an arrogance, and an exercise in futility. But you already believe, then, that you're doing something different, something better. The church would never allow you to practice the things you do and yet you still do them that is true indeed but you do not kill a man just because his servants offend you in the same way you do not need to condemn the gods merely because the actors here are imperfect change can and will occur it has occurred in the past as much as the church would say that it is unchanging and the closer we get to understanding the true will the closer we can be to really growing becoming new. Dominique, the most that I can say is do what you think is right. Anything that you do with good intentions that feels good in the world and you will live with no regrets. Now, just kind of taking a seat on one of the chairs around the table, picking up some food, taking, you know, the food necessary for the break before going into another lecture. Rolander just sits down and starts eating and says, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you do decide to stick around with us, odds are greater than not that you'll find out very quickly more about the gods than you've ever thought before. So, decide what you will, but just be ready. Dominique has, I guess, some idea what he's going for, so he's he's definitely confused. He's a confused young lad, and he's kind of concerned that everyone who thinks is like kind of solid is totally down with the whole let's murder all the gods bit. As all of this was going on, Vamok just kind of doesn't even excuse himself. He just slips out the door after hearing some of the rhetoric that Dominique was was talking about and kind of the back and forth. Yeah, he just kind of left. I think that Mick, after hearing this and really seeing that Dom is pretty distraught about our plan, if you will, Mick is going to, he hasn't removed his hand from Dom's and is going to give it a gentle squeeze and will smile at him and say, Well, Dom, remember that you always have a choice in this. 
And no matter what you choose, that, uh, well, I support you in that. But I must say, I'm glad to have you here. And then Mick will put his arm around him and we'll pull him in closer. Yeah, Dom, Dom will take the hug. Dom could use a hug. It turns out insects are not super good for hugging. Very, very <laughs> carapacy. Uncomfortable against soft flesh of humans. You know, he just kind of take us and he's just, thank you. I do not know where this may take me, where I might end up going with this search. But to know that I do have a choice, it, it means a lot to me. Mick will release himself from the hug and will kind of casually change the subject and be like, and what do we got here? What are you eating, my friend? May I have some? Oh, uh, of course, of course. In fact, I was a little surprised when they gave me so much. I thought it was uh, excess. And I see now that maybe I am a little too egocentric I should have thought of other people. But I've never seen most of it. The fruits are different. Uh, they're similar to some I have seen before. I mean, stay, I've never seen this variety at least. It's uh, exceptional tasting. This uh, mush here with the crunch is actually spectacular. So if you are interested in trying something that I cannot tell you what it is, but it does taste good. Hmm. Don't mind if I do. And Mick will take a big spoonful of the mushy crunchy thing. And after the first crunch, we'll, we'll just say, hmm. Flavorful. Thank you. Outside this guest house, it's just for Mark that went outside. Yeah. Uh, there is a Crayley kind of just hauling pails of water on his shoulders. And he stops and he looks at you and he gives you a nod. And then in your mind, you hear, you're a Mazkin, are you not? Yes, more or less. I've seen one or two of your kind here before. Tell me. Did you happen to bring any books with you from those grand monasteries? Unfortunately, no. I did not. Ah, uh, true pity. I would have liked to see some of those ancient texts again. It's a hobby of mine. Oh well, I, I don't mean to bother you. It is no bother. Tell me, how much do you interact with, for lack of a better term, the outside world. Only when visitors such as yourself come and visit our shores, learn of our ways. Outside of that, we have no need. We have everything we need to survive and live fulfilling lives here. Outside the view of humans, kin, and ethereals. Do you have no desire, then, to see faraway places perhaps to visit in person one day the great Mazkin monasteries I can subsist for now on stories and texts and I can see them whenever I wish I can go to them whenever I wish I and any other Crayley who's experienced what you will hopefully experience here possesses those abilities but it is difficult to speak of it to one who has not undergone the change. With capability, you might believe comes this desire, but there is a certain simplicity, after all, in what we seek, and those desires are better tended to here, in the service of our families and our homes and our communities. You said that you can 
see what you like at any moment, at any time. This includes things that you have not seen before. He puts down this, like, yoke that he's carrying these pails with, and he takes one of the pails, unhooks it, and sets it down at your feet. And then he crouches down and beckons for you to do likewise. Vamak will do so. And then, looking into this pail, Vamak, along with this Kraley, you're able to see a coastline with these jagged rocks and these great, like, black cliffs stretching skyward up to these mountains that then disappear into snowy tips and clouds and this great roiling sea crashing upon this beach. And he says, Do you know where this is? I do not. This is outside the western fell, past the mountains that border Ilia. I've never been there, but here, if I so desire, I can see it. Though, again, it's difficult to place into words these sensations and feelings that one has after the change. I do this for your sake, not for mine, though I do still garner enjoyment from it. You will see in time, but it is a sense of selflessness, though it is not as simple as those words make it sound. I could show you anything you desired here. Anything at all? I believe so, yes. Then, can you show me the heart of the void? In an effortless second, this water kind of swirls, and you see a room, almost pitch black, save for like the tiniest sliver of light from some kind of crack in an unseen ceiling. It looks like a cylindrical room with a domed top, and there are five seats situated at the terminal end where skeletons sit, looking at a pedestal in the middle of the room where this sliver of light is. And on this pedestal is just the tiniest piece of black rock. Not unlike a shard of obsidian, but it has this texture of a black so dark and deep that it swallows all light, reflecting nothing. Though it looks Honestly, like it is a, a 3D object in 3D space because of this property, it appears flat, though move, this scrying eye moving around it, you can see that it has a jagged shape and it has different properties to its uh, shape and form, but just the way that it is appears completely flat as if it's just a blank spot in your vision. Like your brain just doesn't process that there's something there. It's just an open spot in space. Most interesting. And this Crayley waves away that picture as before you can say much more, and he kind of takes a step back and says, I'm sorry. I wished to show you more, but I, I felt that we were not alone, and I would not want to endanger anyone here more than I wish to show you what you wish to see. Would it be possible... To show me the entrance to that place, or would that also draw unwanted attention? Though I can, I don't believe I should. Very well. I shall not push the matter further. Thank you for what you have done. I have found this conversation to be very enlightening. He nods and kind of reattaches the pail to the yoke and lifts it onto his shoulders. Very well, then. And walks back through the village. 
as the guy leaves, Vamok's just gonna kind of putter around. Sticking pretty close to the building, but not, like, going back in. He'll do his thing that he was doing a while ago. And, like, flick a rock. And then just use intent to, like, draw it back. And then he'll flick it out again. Just kill in time while everybody else is doing their stuff. Does anyone else do anything of particular note before this teacher comes and fetches you uh, for your second lesson? No. Nope. Then it is Vamok that sees this teacher approaching first, and he greets you with, of course, the obligatory raised hand and the mental message. It's time to start again. Everyone hears that. Very well. I imagine we all go outside. Yep. Yeah. Luna as well. And as this teacher leads you back to this little amphitheater space and sits again, I'm happy to welcome another student into our midst now. Your friend, Dominic, who I believe you've found now in an amiable state enough. Yes. Dominique shows an excessive amount of formal respect. I like a deep bow and the whole nine yards. Just, I will come with you. I believe it will be best for me to hear, though I do not agree with what you teach. Then you must not, though the formalities are entirely unnecessary. Your teacher from the previous day informed me that you were, perhaps resistant is not the best word to use, but resistant to uh, our way of thinking. It is different. Tell me, would you place our line of thought into the same category as those who might worship the beasts of Egadon as great nature spirits? Or perhaps those who would seek out elves to revere them? I would see it as equally wrong, but at least more well-intentioned. Interesting. Of course, your beliefs, and all of yours, he gestures to the group, are your own. We do not mean to offend. We are merely seeking to broaden your perspective in your struggle and believe that this perspective is necessary in order for you to succeed in what you have set out to do. Well, I think we're ready then. Perhaps you are. Perhaps not. Why don't you then tell us, Rolandia, a bit of what we spoke of before? How... Uh, at least I defined the nature of these ethereals. I will call them from now on, for gods they are not. Well, from what you had explained and from what I understand, this world was not created by any ethereals, although it perhaps has been shaped by them and their existence. Um, long before humans or kin were here they were elves and they had created weaponry and machines there was life that was here on Agadon although it was perhaps then called by a different name and perhaps most intriguingly for me at least that intent as we know it is in itself a limitation on essence and what it can do and by that fact, we are held hostage by the gods. They, whether entirely maliciously or not, use their power to hold us in a single line of thinking, a single way of life. And if we are to learn the power that you exhibit and proffer us, then we need to undergo this death. And 
as you say, never want to use it. That is, for the most part, correct, yes. He turns. Valmes Sulisel, as one of the Elfkin, I see it fit to ask you this next question. What is essence? Well, that is philosophical to some degree, I think, but I don't think you want a philosophical answer. It is the life force of the world that we can tap into and use to manipulate the way that the world works. Yet you manipulate a stone. A stone is alive? No, not in the same way. A a human being is alive, but to some degree it has existence. Would you say it has divinity? I don't know that I like the word divinity very much anymore, so does anything have divinity? I suppose everything does or nothing does. If essence is as purported to be the stuff of gods, the makings of the ethereals, then would it not be a logical conclusion to say then that everything has divinity? That a rock is divine and alive? Well, as we have established, they are not gods. So, whether or not they bear the same energy makes no difference to me. He points his finger toward a little pebble and it just kind of lifts up off the ground in front of Dominique. And he says, Dominique, is this pebble divine or alive? Of course, it came from the hand of egg. Thus it bears his divine touch. Then, if I were to crush it in my hand, reduce it to its base materials, would I be killing it? No. Why not? You destroyed a rock. You did not destroy the divinity. You did not destroy what it is. When a leaf falls off of a tree, does that kill the tree? Does it kill the leaf? The leaf exists, the tree exists, it has merely changed. All things do. This would all be true, yes, if we go with the supposition that essence is inherently... Again, I will from now on no longer use the word god or godly, but of the ethereals. Or that there is essence at all. Why must the gods, as you call them, the ethereals, as I will say, why must they have imbued this world and its beings and its things with pieces of themselves that you then are privileged to manipulate? Why not simply the base materials that they are formed from? Why must there be a part of an ethereal within every creation? I have a question related to this train of thought then. If why then are kin more closely tied to the essence of the world than humans? Why can we manipulate it more easily? Who says that you can? Well, I mean, experience, I suppose. My understanding of human manipulation of intent is that they have to undergo some form of detachment in order to use it. And have kin never undergone such a thing for so many generations that it's simply become an unconscious process? Perhaps, I don't know, that's why I'm asking. We purport that it is. Humans are simply younger. These things are on a time scale that are beyond regular comprehension. The human species, the kin species, have been around for millennia. But kin, much, much longer than their human counterparts. And to learn such things takes time. Not a lifetime, but generations upon generations. Till it is inherent to their being. 
And has your species been around longer than even anything else here? That we have. Any questions so far? Or, he looks at Dominique, objections? I fail to see how there's a difference between some being imbuing matter with energy as it is formed and matter merely existing with that energy when it is formed. The question is not who imbued it, but when the matter was formed. It does not seem to be conclusive to say that merely because matter has some sort of essence separate from deity, that it is thus incorrect to call the divine deity. It is not so much that I am saying that essence is not divine, but that it does not exist. That there is no imbued particle within these grains of sand, the stones you sit on, or those leaves of the trees that sway in the wind. And I believe it is of the utmost importance to whom and to what we prescribe power, Dominique. Do you draw your power from within yourself, within your own confidence, your own will, the earth on which you stand, or from some being that lords it over you, that loans it to you? Dominic's face has a... You got me, you son of a gun. (laughs) (laughs) You say there is no such thing as essence. That things simply are. Then if intent is the manipulation of such essence that does not exist, then what are the effects that can be produced by practicing intent? Does it tap into some greater source? Or is the ability to change one's surroundings inherent in all people? We are all not entirely separated from those beings, the ethereals, who created you, who or at least had a hand in your creation, or the beings that created my race. These great ancestors possessed this ability, and though I cannot say I understand it, it is something that has been passed down, this inherent ability to manipulate the world as one sees fit. Think of it as a potential, waiting to be unlocked. My race controls it, as we've had eons to hone it. The kin, as discussed, have been around long enough to begin to unlock it, but through just the labeling of intent, have stymied themselves. And I believe, Val, you know so much more as an Elvaret, more so in terms of spells and incantations that you read and were practiced in, things that would confine intent even more so than the average kin. And then humans still must learn and learn. So what does that mean about the Emer? What of them? They are unable to use any kind of intent or magics. Have you met every Emer there ever was? <laughs> no, I can't say that I have. Then that is not a supposition I'm comfortable making. Fair enough. And what of people of other worlds, if you say it's inherited, so to speak? Have you ever used, as they've called it, intent without partaking of something of this world beforehand? Well, yes, I have, in fact. It was a bit of a doozy when I did, but yes, I have. Because you draw upon something that is no longer there. 
that you must reach across space and time to access. And I imagine that takes a fair bit of strength. I would say so too. Though I do not know where you come from. I do not know who made you. I imagine it is probably one of these same ancient beings that created myself, my race, this world, and all upon it, including the ethereals. I will dismiss this lecture for now. As you've noticed, the sun has started to set, and I will leave you with this. We are all mere mortals in one phase or another, going through the endless cycles of time and eternity. Some are more mature than others, and others still, as said, are ancient, older than Ethereals, older than Egadon. You will see when you go through this change that we have promised exactly what powers shaped you and how you can shape them. <laughs>